0: Back to the David Glenn Show. More of your calls a little bit later. Best and worst of the weekend. A lot of college hoops, some Winter Olympics, some NBA, some NHL. Remember, Brock McGinn of the Canes is dropping by in about 30 minutes. Joining us now, one of the best on college basketball. He is a Hall of Fame sports writer for the Sporting News. You can catch him on the Big Ten Network as well. He has a passion for U.S. soccer. Even before you get to his knowledge and expertise on college basketball, I think I will ask him a soccer-related question by the end of this conversation. Mike DeCourcy, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm great, David. How are you? I'm doing really well. I honestly am dying to know what you think of Carlos Cordero as the new president of U.S. soccer, but we're going to tease that for later, Mike, because okay. I'm, al- I'm also dying to know what your thoughts are about Mike Krzyzewski's decision to demote Trevon Duval as freshman point guard, start Grayson Allen there last night. Most figured the Devils would beat Georgia Tech even without Marvin Bagley, but that feels like a pretty big decision by Coach K. What did you think of it?
1: I think it's exactly what that team needs. Uh, that's where, I mean, I don't like to single out a player, but I, I, I always single out players to do the things that they're capable of doing. Like if, if you said that, um, Grayson Allen needs to be a better center, then I would say that's a problem. It's <laughs> not a center. <laughs> um, if you say, you know, uh, you know, Doug Gottlieb wrote a really great article in The Athletic about himself and, he, uh, and, and, and the circumstance he had at Notre Dame, and he talked about how he couldn't shoot. Well, I'm not going to say, like, if we were talking about this 18, 20 years ago whenever it was Doug played, I wouldn't be yelling at Doug that he's not a better shooter because he's not. I mean, that's, he is what he is, so do what you do. And so I'm not asking, and I'm sure Mike's not asking Trevon Trav- Duvall to do anything that he's not capable of doing. He's capable of being a team player. I don't think that's a big ask. And I think he's absolutely right to say this team is not going where it needs to go unless Trevon Duvall is a point guard who plays for his teammates. And that doesn't necessarily mean he can't be attacking uh, uh, off the bounce on on every trip if that you know if that's what it calls for or that's what the defense allows but it has to be on behalf of duke and that's not the way it's been shaping up lately and it's it was pretty obvious that you know I haven't seen the devil since in person since the uh, since the michigan state game but it's pretty obvious watching it on television what's going on so i'm sure that uh, you know a mike who knows Gads more basketball than I do. Um, I'm sure that he saw it, and, and, I, and I'm pleased to see that he's reacting. I <laughs> think it's the best thing for, for the future of this Duke team, which still has an extremely bright future, but may only have that if they get him completely on board.
0: Mike DeCourcy joining us. Find his work at sportingnews.com. Follow him on Twitter at TSN Mike. The committee came out with its official bracketology update this weekend. When you think about the Blue Devils' ceiling, and you talked about their their potential – UVA, Villanova, Purdue, and Xavier, at least for now, are the projected one seeds. Duke is among those on the two line. Carolina and Clemson in the ACC are among those on the three line. Are you still a believer that as Coach K Tinkers, uh, you know, Marvin Bagley was missing, but only because of what they're describing as a mild knee issue last night. Alex O'Connell was in the starting lineup as, as a freshman sharpshooter. Are you still a believer that, you know, the Blue Devils belong on tier one, if you will, on your short list? of those with the best chance of winning the national championship?
1: Yes, as of now, absolutely. Uh, I mean, because you look at those issues and you say they can be fixed. Uh, it, it's, you know, it, it, it doesn't guarantee that they will be fixed, right. but they can be fixed. Their defensive issues. I mean, they, they, they can get better. I don't think they're ever going to be really good. I mean, I'm impressed that Mike's hanging in there and trying to get them just to be better because that, that's been a real fight. Uh, but that's, I guess that's the job. Um, but it, the defensive issues they, they, they can, you know, they, they're going to struggle to conquer, but they can conquer them enough that if they have everybody pulling in the same direction when they have the basketball, then there's nobody that can do the things that they can do. But they, ha- they, they only can do those things at the level that they would need to do to win a national championship if Trayvon is their point guard. Because it, it, great, great, they can win with Grayson. They can win games. But they can't, I really don't believe they could win six in a row. I don't know who would believe that. I mean, maybe Grayson would. I mean, he's a confident player. But it didn't work last year uh, during the periods when that was enforced. And I just thought, I, like I said, they can beat a lot of people. They could maybe even beat Carolina at home playing that way. But I don't think they could win six games in the national championship to do that.
0: Luke May of Carolina had a record-setting game, uh, 15 of 22 from the field, 33 points and 17 rebounds as the Tar Heels got revenge on the Wolfpack in Raleigh. We sometimes lose the forest for the trees because we don't see – Uh, the whole nation as often as you do. Help us understand the Luke May story from the somewhat of an outsider's perspective because he was a five points per game guy last year. He hit the big shot against Kentucky, but virtually nobody saw this coming. I mean, after I write down Marvin Bagley on my All-ACC ballot, the next names will be guys like Luke May of Carolina and Devin Hall of Virginia. I'm not sure if the May family saw this coming during his junior year. How, How do you describe his place in sort of that most improved universe?
1: I wonder if, I wonder whether the story, you know, the fact that he was willing to take the walk-on role, um, if that had been what was necessary, um, sort of adds to the charm and all of that. But it, it, you know, it's not really an essential part of the story, because the reality is he was a borderline top-hundred guy went into one of the bluest of the blue bloods and became an all-american like in three years i mean that's still crazy yeah whether or not he you know, whether or not he was willing to be a walk-on i mean that's, that's cool and neat and all that but i mean what he's doing it, like if they'd offered him their last scholarship uh and said uh, hey you know we we like you you think you're a great kid great student you know you're your carolina legacy all that so we'd love to have you in our program which is kind of what they did they just you know, uh, they just said uh, that uh, we kind of need this other guy too. Uh, but you know, it, it's still nuts that he's a first, you know—he's a second-team All-American, first-team All-ACC level player um, when he was a borderline top hundred guy. I mean, it's I, how how did, how does that guy get to here from where he was three years ago? And you know, was he misevaluated? Was you know did he has he worked his way into this? Um, but you know, in the way that you know, the, the best players, you know, just keep plugging at their game until they get it to this. I and mean, there's a lot of questions there. I think it's a really fascinating story, and it's exciting to watch him play. He plays with a with a great joy. Uh, obviously, he's really happy being at Carolina. And you know, it, 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 what this does is it, you know, it continues to. Furnish his his legend. I mean, if, even if he'd never made another basket after what he did in Memphis last year, he's still a Carolina legend because they don't win it without what he did down there. Um, but but now he's backing that up with with like I said, I don't think he can be a first team All American. There's just a lot of really good players, but I don't see many ways that he's not a second or third. And I think it'd be it, I think it'd be hard to keep him off the second if he keeps doing things like he did on Saturday.
0: Mike deCourcy, joining us on the David Glenn Show. Fun follow on Twitter at TSN. Mike, you can also catch him at times on the Big Ten Network and in Big Ten country this weekend. Two of the highest-ranked teams in the country went head-to-head. It was Michigan State over Purdue in that Big Ten showdown. Do you view both of those, Mike? You, you mentioned the top tier that includes the Blue Devils. Tell us who else is on that top tier, and does it include both of those uh, Big Ten powers?
1: Well, it definitely includes Michigan State, but they—they're kind of like um, Duke. Although they don't have as many issues, they still have questions to answer, I and mean, they still have to figure out exactly what their best self is. I mean, they've been situational. Okay, today we need this, so we got these. You know, they basically have twelve guys they can throw out there. Today we—today we need to be this. Like Saturday, they want to play Isaac Haas, the seven-two center from from uh, Purdue, straight up, and not help yeah. and. You know, and and that way they could keep their uh, defense uh, aligned to the three-point shooters that Purdue has so many of. Them. And well, Michigan State could do that better than anybody because they got literally five guys they can put into that matchup. And and, and the fourth, the fifth, uh, is their best defender, and they don't want to have to Jaron Jackson. They don't want him to get fouls that they don't need to. They got four other guys that they can put on the floor and trust to battle him. No one else has that. Uh, but at some point, they need to have an. Like this is what Michigan State's A game is, and I don't think they have that now. Purdue's problem as a championship contender is are they talented enough? I and mean, they've got really good players, don't get me wrong. Vince Edwards is terrific. Carson Edwards is terrific. And Haas I mentioned. Yeah. I think I you know, all those guys have a shot at playing the NBA. But the last team to win the national championship without a first round pick on their on their on their roster was Indiana in nineteen eighty seven. I mean, there's a reason it's been over 30 years. Yeah. those guys make the difference in the tournament. Uh, it it, they, it just always seems like you've got this guy, and and he's a pro and he makes the difference. And and that's that's the way that's the way it works. And so I don't know that Purdue has that guy. So I'm still you know maybe this year's different. It's a weird year. Yeah, I mentioned that in a column that I wrote today. I mean when when Auburn and Clemson uh, and Tennessee when those guys are all like top four seeds, and combined, they've they they they've made like three trips to the NCAA tournament in the last five years, <laughs> right. um, so it's a weird year, so maybe this is the year in which we see a team that's just got a lot of B to B-plus players, but they're all veteran, they're all really good, and they're all seniors, and they know what they're doing, maybe, maybe this is the year we see somebody like that go ahead, jump up, and win it.
0: Mike DiCorsi is joining us. Find that new column and his other work at SportingNews.com. Follow him on Twitter at Mike. Many of the observations you just made about Purdue have been made all year, as you know, about the Virginia Cavaliers. They finally lost a conference game. It was to rival Virginia Tech in Charlottesville this weekend. Uh, no embarrassment to suffer a loss. I mean, almost everybody does. But what is your big-picture analysis of the Cavaliers' picture, uh, place in that same universe? Because Devin Hall, Ty Jerome, and Kyle Guy are outstanding collegiate guards, as you know. But it feels like the Cavs don't have that future first-round NBA talent, that, uh, uh, and they're fighting that uphill battle since 1987 as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, the year that they had uh... – and uh, Justin Anderson, that was the year. Okay, now we got like our first-round pick, and we got guys around him. And, Mount and Brogdon, who's a pro, um, a terrific point guard. That was the year. And then Anderson gets hurt and never gets back, and so they never really got it together again. And that and that was really a shame because you know I thought that that was the year in which they did have enough. Uh, yet, again, they fall into sort of the Purdue category, but I, I do like to mention that. When people talk about Virginia, I don't think they're seeing what's there. I don't think they see the way Guy can create his own offense, and they're not dependent on the system. You know, the only time when they weren't sort of dependent on that was when they had Anderson, and he could take the ball late clock
0: and just take it down your throat, and they could do that. Um, and then, of course, he gets hurt, and then
1: it it's sort of drifts out of the game. But then with, um, with, with Guy and Jerome to a slightly lesser extent, clock, they can make a step back, and and they can, you know, they, it doesn't matter. You played great defense for 25 seconds; they still got you because they got guys like that. And I don't think people see that. Everybody says, "Oh, they're boring." They, those guys can score; they just don't, they just don't play high possession. So uh, you know you don't see it as much. And the reason they don't play high possession is because they're grinding you, and you can't find a shot for third Right.